We're going to turn to God's Word tonight. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, that one verse. And uh, we've been looking at this for the last few services. And uh, just to finish it off tonight, demonstrating the kingdom. How we need a demonstration of the kingdom of God in these days. Demonstrating the kingdom. Matthew chapter 12. And just that one verse there, it's uh, verse 28. Let's pray. Amen. Father, tonight we ask for your anointing, Lord, for your presence, and for the reality, Lord, of your power to be in our midst. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts that are tender and open to receive your word. Lord, we pray for you to anoint both the preacher and those, the listeners. Lord, we need that anointing. Lord, and we pray you would destroy the very yoke of the enemy. Lord, we pray tonight that you would flood this place with that river of life, the power of the Holy Ghost. Fill us all afresh. Lord, you're the head that filleth all in all. Lord, would you touch us afresh tonight. Lord, there are those that are sick in our assembly, those that are sick in body, those that are troubled in mind, those that are oppressed of the enemy. Lord, tonight we pray to your wonderful work among us and glorify your wonderful name. We pray all these mercies in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 12 and verse 28. Jesus said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Just over these past uh, few services, we've been looking at the demonstration of the kingdom. What we need more than ever before, I believe you'll agree with me, whether from Portadown, Donegal Town, Balna Hinch, whatever part of this island we're from, we need a demonstration of this kingdom. We need a demonstration. This morning we just looked at, we don't need Christianity to be redefined. That is what the church is attempting to do, to change it, redefining the cross, redefining Christ. How could you ever do that? Redefining the gospel, redefining God's word, redefining the meeting together of God's people. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to redefine the church. We need a fresh demonstration of this kingdom. That can only happen not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Ghost. I pray tonight that every one of us are here. We're hungry. We need God to move by his great power. In Exodus chapter 17, I'll pick out just one verse there just for time's sake tonight. But we know that the children of Israel have come up against a great battle against Amalek. And Moses goes up onto that mountain in Exodus 17 and verse 9. If you have your Bibles, follow us through tonight. It's important that we just follow the word of God. Exodus 17 and verse 9 tells us there is a familiar story that Moses said unto Joshua, choose out men and go out and fight with Amalek. How many people know that we're in a battle? We're in a battle, isn't that right? We're in a raging battle in these last days. The nations are being shaken. God has shaken the nations. The desire of the nations have come. We know that the economy is being shaken. Politics are being shaken. Everything around us, the, the whole social fabric of our world is being shaken. It is being shaken. And we know that Jesus is in control. He's on the throne. He is the Almighty One. But we're engaged in warfare 
And the battle, friend, tonight is for the manifestation of the life of God through the body, His body. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Just again a footnote from this morning so that you understand. We know that the body of Christ, the gathering of God's people, is a spiritual habitation of God. This is the house of God. You're in the house of God, not the bricks and the mortar, but by the fact that you're named by the name of Jesus Christ. We're gathered together in his name tonight, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. This is a spiritual habitation of God. God's in the midst. His word tells us where the twos or threes are gathered in his name. Where is he? He's right here. And we need a manifestation of the reality and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, uh, Joshua has chosen out those men to go and fight with Amalek. And tomorrow, Moses said, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. Verse 12 says, But Moses' hands were weary or heavy, and they took a stone, they put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and her stood up his hands, the one on one side and the one on the other side. And his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. This is a wonderful picture, an Old Testament type and shadow of something wonderful and the good of it we're in tonight. This is key to warfare and the demonstration of the kingdom. We see a picture here in the Old Testament as Moses sits on that mountain with his hands raised to heaven as he's seated. And when they went out to fight, they got the victory over their enemy. This is all pointing for us to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The ascension, the exaltation of Jesus to the right hand of the Father. He's the name Above all names, he's seated enthroned on high. He is glorious. He is the king of glory. He is the Lord. He is strong and he is mighty in battle. His name is Jesus. This is crucial for us as we come to this message tonight to know that our Christ, our Lord, our Savior has risen from the grave triumphant over the powers of darkness, hell and death itself and the devil himself. He has ascended up on high and thanks be to God, he sat down and he is victorious over all the powers of darkness and hell. This is crucial for our warfare. It's crucial for the demonstration of the kingdom tonight. When Jesus ascended, that great ascension hymn in, in Psalm chapter 24 and verse 7, it tells us this is the Lord of glory, risen conquering Son, ascending up into the heavens. And the psalmist gets a revelation from the Spirit of the Lord. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord. He's strong and he's mighty. It's the Lord. He's mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Thank God that Christ has ascended and he has sat down at the right hand of the Father. As Moses sat on that mount, his arms were raised. 
Victory was assured for Israel as Christ, our mediator of a new covenant, is seated in glory with all power, all power in heaven and in earth. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, in the midst of the battle, in the thick of the storm, in the darkest of night, victory is assured for the church of Jesus Christ. He sat with the rod of God, the authority, the authority of God in his hand. In Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus said after the resurrection, as he's about to ascend into heaven, Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 18, all power is given unto me. I want to encourage you with this tonight. Not only in heaven, but all power is given to me on earth. In heaven and on earth. Through the cross of Christ, He defeated the powers of hell. He spoiled the principalities. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over them. He destroyed him through his own death and destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now we read in Exodus 17 that Moses' hands began to grow weary. But I want to tell you something about the mediator of the new covenant. Jesus never grows weary. The Bible tells us that he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 40 and 28 says, Hast thou not known and hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord and the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not and neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. And listen, brothers and sisters, tonight he giveth power. To the faint and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Glory be to God tonight, friends. You're weak in body. You're in the battle of your life tonight. The church of Jesus Christ is facing every, every onslaught of the powers of darkness, every work of the enemy to transport the purposes and the plans of God. But the Bible tells us tonight, are you faint? Are you weary? Are you tired? Let me tell you what the Bible says. He gives power to the faint. Brothers and sisters, he lifts us out of our despair, out of our weakness, out of our weakness, out of all the onslaughts of the power of darkness. But there's a power tonight that's going to lift us in these days. And the victory in Jesus Christ is assured. Moses needed those hands to be lifted for complete dependency for the victory. And so must our hands be lifted as a sign of complete and sole dependency on the sufficiency of the cross on the riches of Christ and the exceeding greatness of his power to usward. Paul said to Timothy, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. What are they to do? They're to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. What does that mean? We're solely dependent upon the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to strip ourselves of being able to do this in our own strength. I took it the hard way when I was saved of trying to live this life in the power of my own strength. I was more down than I was up. 
But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there's a power that we can live a victorious life in the year 2019. Jesus knows all about the advancement of man and all his intellectual abilities. But let me tell you, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is still the same. It's the power of God. There's still a river of life. Brothers and sisters, there's a river of life. And so our dependency tonight It's not on ourselves. Self-dependency, self-focus, self-exalting, self-promotion has left the church. I want you to follow this with me. Has left the church powerless. Why? The arm of flesh. What does the Bible say? What does it do? The arm of flesh. What will it do? It fails us. So we've got everything today. We've got CDs. We've got books. We've got all the technology. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. But we've got everything today. We've got the internet. We've got YouTube. We've got everything. We've got all the messages beaming in. We've got all the testimonies. Instantly you can have everything on your phone. But there's never been a day where we'll be more bankrupt. Where we'll be more powerless. Where there's been little demonstration of the kingdom of our God. And the power of the gospel. We see little pockets of souls being saved, one here and one there. But brothers and sisters, we are looking for the showers. We are looking for the blessings. We are looking for the heavens to open. We are looking for the reality of God. How does that happen? we got to strip ourselves of self-dependency, self-promotion, self-exalting. It has left us bankrupt because we're trusting in the arm of flesh. Are we willing to turn? Have we had enough? Have we had enough of ourselves? Have you had enough of yourself? Have you had enough? You get up every morning, you look in that mirror, you go, oh, it's you. Have you had enough of it? Have you? You're laughing, but have you had enough of yourself? Have you had enough of your own ways? Have you had enough of your own flesh? Have you had enough of your own moaning and your complaining and your whining? Have you had enough of your own schemes and your own plans? Have you had enough? If you've had enough friends, if we've come to the end of ourselves, let me tell you, there's a Christ in glory tonight, seated at the right hand of the Father. He's all power in heaven, and He's all power on earth. Everything is under His feet. And glory be to God tonight, there's the blessed Holy Spirit that will bring the revelation of everything that Jesus has accomplished on the cross. And He will impregnate us afresh with the life and the power of a risen Savior. We cannot do it. Listen, we talked about it this morning. Is there anyone that's saved in this room would dispute this? That the only way, I think it was Clive, it just been in my heart all day when Clive said it, when we come around the table. Just say some, just give a testimony. And he just stood his feet. Sorry for picking on you, Clive. But he just stood his feet and he says, I'm trusting in the blood to get me into heaven. Let me ask you, are you trusting in anything else but the blood of Jesus? Is there anything else? Is there anything else that can save you but the precious blood of the Lamb that was shed on Calvary's tree 2,000 years ago? Are you trusting in anything else? We would agree there is no other means, method, or mode but to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross. You cannot be saved by any other means but Jesus alone. He saves. Now, right, you'd agree with me tonight. But how does the revelation, this is where we have gone desperately wrong. How does the revelation and the fullness 
of everything of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. How is that communicated to you and I? And here's where we've gone wrong. We have left out the glorious third person of a triune God, the Holy Spirit. We can do it without him. We can do it in a row. We can do it by theological lessons. We can do it just by reading books and, and listening to some guy on YouTube. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, we can't do it. It's not by might, nor is it by power. But what did the Lord say? It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So what we need, what we need is the blessed Holy Spirit to come into this room tonight to bring the revelation of everything of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross and open our eyes, enlighten our understanding and suddenly the revelation of Christ and who we are in Him. We're seated with Him in heavenly places. So we're trusting in the arm of flesh. It's going to fail us. You would agree with me, never a day has we seen the complete bankruptcy of the church. I am the church like you are. Not the building. Not the bricks and the mortar. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the assembly of God. We are a habitation of God. Who's the head? Jesus is the head. And from that head. That anointing flows down. How many people need an anointing? A fresh anointing. The oil to flow from the head into every part of this body tonight. If you're saved, you're a part of the body. You know that? You're a part of the body. When you were born again, you were baptized into the body of Christ. I'm a part of the body of Christ. He's the head of that body. Now, when that oil begins to flow, it flows from the head. We touched on it this morning. But that anointing would never touch the flesh. came from the head, down the beard, down the dress, down to the skirts. It can never, the anointing can't operate where the flesh is. It's impossible. But today you would agree with me. The church is filled with the flesh. It's filled with exalting men. It's filled with lifting up all that we are and who we do, what we do and all our gifts and all our talents. Brothers and sisters, that should not be. This is his house. It's for his name and it's for his glory. And we need an anointing in this day to destroy the powers of darkness, a demonstration of the kingdom, not only within the body, but a demonstration beyond the four walls or the gathering of God's people. Donegal Town needs a demonstration of the kingdom. Portadown needs a demonstration of the kingdom of God. Ballinahench needs a demonstration of the glorious kingdom of God. That's what it needs, friends. We can't, friends, we have to come to recognize where we are. And the cry of our hearts is, my God, we need a move of God. Our hearts are dry and empty and hardened. There's no tears for a lost world. Brothers and sisters, when Zion travails, sons and daughters will be born. Saying prayers isn't going to cut it, friends. We need the blessed Holy Spirit to lay hold of our prayer meetings and to give us the heart of God. And when Zion begins to travail, then we're going to see a real move of the Spirit of God. The resource or the source that, it, that everything that is needed is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. What do we need? A new method, a new idea, a new plan, a new scheme. Are you tired of all those things? 
The church is going to get exhausted with every new thing that's being introduced to it. But someday... We're going to turn back and say we're going to go back to those old paths that are well tried and tested. That's a prayer meeting when God's people get before the throne of grace and cry out to God until he comes. That's what's been tried and tested. We see it all through the scripture. The revelation of bringing everything of what is in heaven into the heart of a man or a woman. In Ezekiel 47, if you turn to it there, in verse 1, Ezekiel 47 and 1, it tells us there, the prophet is brought again onto the door of the house. And behold, what does it say? Waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, and the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Here's a house. And now we see coming from that house, waters are being issued out. Now I want you to just keep this point with me. The psalmist declared in Psalm 46 and 4, There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Lord Most High. God is in the midst of her. There's a river. Follow this through. Joel, uh, sorry, Isaiah pleaded in Isaiah 55. It's the cry, I believe, of the heart of God. But he prophesied and said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye, what to? Come to these waters. He that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat ye. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I want you to follow this right through the Old Testament. We are living in the fullness of this today. We see a river coming out of a house. We hear a prophet crying for people to come who are thirsty. The psalmist tells us that there is a river. The streams were off. Shall make glad the city of God. Joel prophesied in Joel 3 and 18. He said, a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord. Zechariah prophesied in Zechariah 13 and 1. In that day... There shall be a fountain open in the house of David unto the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. Jesus declared when he was on this earth in his earthly ministry, I'll give you living water, and that water will be in you a well, springing up into everlasting life. He said in John 7 and 38, He that believeth in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly what shall flow, rivers of living water. Could I tell you something? We're not the source of that river. you got to understand that. We think it's us. It's not us. The source of that river is sitting at the right hand of the Father. His name's Jesus. But how does he bring all of that into the heart of a man, into the innermost being of a vessel in this room? Are you a believer tonight? This is for believers. Out of our innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water. He's going to communicate to us and bring the revelation of Jesus into our hearts. How will that happen? This speak he of the Spirit. This is the Holy Ghost is going to take everything of what Christ has done and he's going to pour it into the very innermost being of our, of our lives and out of our innermost being what flows? Rivers of living water. That's the word of God, brothers and sisters. That's the word of God. I want to align myself tonight to what God says. In Revelation 22 and 1, John the Revelator sees it all again. And here we see the source. In Revelation 22 and 1, it says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. It proceeded out of the throne of God 
and, listen, and of the Lamb. Out of the Lamb proceeds a river of life, and it flows. Who is that river? That river is the Holy Ghost. It's not an agency. It's not a thing. It's not an it. He is the person. He is the triune God. And he brings the river. He is known as a river, a fire, oil, wind, a dove. But he brings the revelation. That river begins to flow. And it comes from the throne of God into the innermost parts of a belly. And then out of that belly flows a river of living water. In Revelation, we see that proceeding out of the throne of God. Now, I want to move us in. Just to Acts chapter 2. I know we know these verses so well, but I'd ask you, would you come tonight to these verses with an open heart and a fresh faith and a willingness just to receive from the Lord? Because, friends, I believe this is what the answer is to our day. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. A Pentecost. Not a denominational thing. A living reality and experience. Acts 2 and 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I've got to ask you this tonight. Are we all in one accord? Are we all together here? Are we in unity? Is our desire the same? We want the Lord. We want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe I heard the heart of our brethren tonight. So I know we're in good company. We're longing for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We're longing for God to break through. We're tired and we're weary, and we're broken, and the devils run havoc through our churches, through our families, and we're weary. We see the destruction all around us. We see the the manufacturing. We see the false. We see all the seducing spirits. We see the Antichrist kingdom. It's rising up rapidly before us. We know that the devil's time is short. Our hearts are breaking. Our young people are lost. They're turning away in their droves into the world. Because they're looking for the reality of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. They come and they see dead Christianity and infighting and schisms and all the brokenness of life. My God, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The cry of our hearts is, oh God, can you do it again? And I want to tell you, friends, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and he's the same today and he is the same forever. We're in one accord. Think about it, friends. Don't just read it as a memory verse. Read it. I believe it tonight. Is it possible? Is it possible in this wee upper room in Balna Hinch, the place that nobody wants to go to? Is it possible? That there be a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind? Is it possible that God the Holy Spirit would come again, not because of who we are, but because there's a cry in our hearts of poor men and women and say, Lord, have mercy upon us. And so the wind blows. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as that rushing mighty wind had filled all the house where they were sitting. God do it again. Do it in Donegal, do it in Portadown, do it in Balnehen, do it across this island. He filled the house. Think about it, friends. He filled the whole house, was filled with a part. Before they were filled, the house was filled. The gathered of God's people, the glory of the Lord was in the midst. Think about it. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them. 
And listen, the Holy Spirit is inclusive because it says here that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see a man just a few verses down, verse 14, a man called Peter. I don't know about you, I love Peter. I love Peter, I love his life. But it's all there for you to see. We see him in his passion, we see him in his seal, we see him in his failure, we see him in his great revelation. God gave him revelation, but yet in the same hand we see him saying, Lord, you're, you're not going to wash my feet. We see him standing even before the Lord, and the Lord speaking to him and said, Peter, he looks into his heart, he sees his life, and he says, Peter, Satan has desired to have you and to sift you as wheat. But listen to this, Peter. I've prayed for you that your faith is not going to fail. Think about it. There's one up in the glory tonight. Saint, know this. Thank God for the prayers of the people around you. But listen to me tonight. There's one up in the glory tonight and he ever liveth to make intercession for every person in this room. Your faith's not going to fail. Your faith's not going to When the Son of Man comes, shall he find what? Faith. There's a battle for your faith. And so we see Peter standing up and he lifted up his voice and he said unto them, ye men of Judah, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, Know this unto you and hearken to my words. The Holy Spirit so filled that man, captivated the audience. Captivated the audience. Hearts were gripped suddenly by the Holy Ghost. We read those great revivals, looking over that Hebrides revival, when God came down and hearts are gripped. Gripped. God arrests men and women and young people suddenly by the power of the Holy Ghost. Friends, surely we need it again. The river began to flow out of Peter with what authority but the authority of heaven, the power, the same Holy Ghost, a frail vessel, an unlearned fisherman, the candidate, the most unlikely candidate. You wouldn't pick him, but God chose him, and there he stands so full of the Holy Ghost, a deserter, a denier. The most unlikely candidate stands up full of the power of the Holy Ghost, and the audience is captivated, not with the words of Peter, but the river that's flowing through him, the river of God. Romans 9, Paul says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Same power, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Do you know where it dwells? He dwells. This is the same spirit I love, see verses like this, I said to you last week, this gets me walking about and getting very excited. But the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me tonight. Think about it. Does, I don't know what that does to you, but I'm ready for a jump. I'm ready for a run if I could. I'm ready for a handstand, but it'll probably break my arms. That should do something in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ on the third day from the grave, he lives in me. Think about it, friends. He's in me. That's the same spirit. That's a miracle. That should, that should, get, us, that should get us moving. 
If that doesn't get you moving, we're dead. That should get us moving. That should get us stirred. The same spirit, the same power, the same life that was flowing out of Peter, the same blood that saved him, the same blood that washed him, the same Holy Ghost that filled him, the virtue that flows from Peter and the other 119 people is the same power and the same anointing that was upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the same power. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. He said in Acts 1 and 8, is what he said, but you shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy... What power? The same power that was upon him. You will assault the kingdom of darkness with the power of the gospel. Jesus gave the church this power, not for us to rejoice in the power. We are to rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, but we are to assault the kingdom of darkness with the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the river to flow. What does it do? Is there someone here tonight troubled in mind? You know, the mind is an amazing place, but that's the battlefield. That's the battlefield. Someone here tonight so troubled in mind, so pressed by the powers of darkness, so tormented with evil spirits and wickedness in their mind, so tormented at the edge of it all. I want to tell you what the answer is. It's the river. Someone's sick in body. This week, we're going to pray for it tonight. But I want to tell you, friends, I believe this. When that river flows, when that river flows, that healing comes to that wee life tonight. Do you hear me? You're here tonight and you're not saved. When that river flows, salvation comes. You're here tonight and you're down and you're out and you feel you're not going to make it. Victory comes. You're here tonight, brothers or sisters, and you're in the midst of a battle at home. And you don't know where to turn or who to turn to or where to look. Let me tell you what happens tonight. The Prince of Peace walks in. The river of life floods that soul. We need that river. We need that power. We need the reality. We need a demonstration of the kingdom. We need a demonstration of the kingdom. I wonder where we really all are tonight. I wonder where we really all are. Sometimes we've got to get a real reality check where we are. You know, it's easy. It's so easy to say all the right things, tick all the right boxes. You know, all the Christian cliches, all the pats in the back, all the thumbs up, all the everything's great, going well. And in the midst of it, your life is falling apart. I'll tell you what the answer is. It is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Oh, well, we're not sure about that. We are. Well, they don't believe it down the road. That's okay. I do. Brothers and sisters, do you? We've made it optional. We've made it something that should happen away down the road. Or maybe you should think about it, pray about it, try and see what it's for. Let me tell you something, friends. It is absolutely necessity. To be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was a lovely testimony. Saved in the Sunday morning, baptized in the Holy Ghost on Sunday night. Oh, Lord. And then we get the date out. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost 150 years ago. Oh, come on. Are you filled today? Are you filled tonight? Are you full of the Holy Ghost? 
I tell you what the answer is to this world around us is what we've just read in Acts chapter 2. Men possessed of God spilling onto the streets of our land with nothing else but the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God. We have everything else but that. Maybe we could strip ourselves tonight and say, God, fill us again with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? I pray.